Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Just, yeah, we're really excited about this new series that we're starting today. It's called In This Place. And um, we're, we're excited about this place, about our church, what God has done in this place, what he's doing now, and what he's going to do. Like, we, we truly believe this is just the beginning. Our church just turned seven, right? So it's still a, a little kid. And, and we believe that as the years go on, our church is going to grow and mature, and we're going to see more and more stuff. And so tied to this idea of what God is doing in this place and what he's going to do uh, is the idea that we want to we recognize the significance of the part we play in that, and so we're going to be talking about evangelism, right, which is this, this church word, kind of religious word that we apply to sharing our faith. And for some people, it's super scary. Uh, for some people like Nick, it's, it's, it's a gift, right? And the Bible actually names this as a gift uh, of evangelism. But if you feel like you don't have the gift, it doesn't let you off the hook, right? This is something that we all need to, par- to participate in. So uh, I'm going to pray over us, and we're going to hop in and talk through this a little bit. So if you guys want to close your eyes and let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for our time of worship, Lord. Thank you for the, for the, the time that we could spend in your presence worshiping and Father, I just, I just pray that, that you will do a work in this month, today, in our hearts. Father, for anyone who's struggling with this idea, who, who feels kind of far from you, who feels like it's not for them, uh, I pray that today you will bring conviction, Lord, and you'll just give us a bravery. Make us brave, we pray as a church today. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. Amen, so evangelism, right? It's this word, it evokes like fear, we were just talking before the service that we've noticed there's like another uptick of street preachers. Have you guys seen this? Like there's guys on the corner with a megaphone. They would call that evangelism, right? We're like, ah, you know, it's just, it's like, it doesn't mean you have to freak people out, right? When you hear this word. I think there's this idea from how some of us grew up that when we hear, oh, we have to be evangelists for Jesus, it means we have to be weird, right? And, and it's not the case, right? The, like sometimes we feel like we have to do something we're not, com- it's not at all. And, and my prayer for our church in this, this month is that we will have a desire, a, a, like a, just a longing to go out and share what God has done for us. Uh, it's actually in the very fabric of who we are as a church. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of like our vision statement. Um, I, I have it, if you guys could throw it up on the screen. Uh, Oasis Church Chicago, and this is what we have on our website. This is something we believe in very strongly. Uh, it says, we are called, might get up on the screen. If not, I'm just going to read it to you guys. It says, we are called to be connected and to connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. So we're called to be connected, but it's not only to be connected. We are also called to connect others. It's one of the things that God has called us to do. And I want to talk through that a bit today. Uh, But before, this is kind of how I organize my notes. You guys forgive me. I feel comfortable here. So I'm just going to kind of talk casually about three revelations that I think every believer needs about evangelism, right? Three revelations. These are three things that I learned as I grew in the Lord, as I grew as a pastor uh, in ministry. And, And these are like light bulb moments for me. Okay, so this is kind of stuff that I just 
discovered as I went, and then I realized that it was common um, to Christianity. Maybe I was just slow in learning, uh, but I, I just want to share from my heart a bit this morning about these things. So number one is this, the importance of the church. I grew up in church, right? I grew up around church my whole life. I've seen crazy stuff, good stuff, awesome stuff, cringe stuff, uh, fights and pastors quitting and uh, sin and glorious, awesome service. I've seen lots of things in the church. But it, it hit me, I probably in my 20s, like how important this is, what we're doing. Like, cause like, I, I don't know, it, it can get so familiar and so like part of your routine or, or, or so like, oh, we just, we go to church or it's Sunday. Oh, I wanted to sleep in, but I have to go to church. Or there's different things we can fall into. But when we understand that this is the bride of Christ, this is the body of Christ. And it started to hit me and I got really passionate about this. So I might say stuff that sounds to you like it's a little hardcore. I truly believe this in my inner being. Okay. It says in Matthew 16, 18, and, and, Ian, who, who preached last week, shared a little bit. But Matthew 16, 18 says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the rock is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. On this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So, so allow me to say this to you in love. The gates of hell will overcome you, but they will not overcome the church. When you see uh, Jesus referred to us as sheep and other things, you see that sheep that separates itself from the flock, right? There's all these videos on YouTube. You see these, this sheep that separates itself, what happens? That's the one that gets devoured. And this can be kind of offensive to our 2023 mentality. And no, me and Jesus were like this, and I've got my church at Starbucks, and I meet with my friends. Listen to me very, much, very closely. That's not, that's not church. And there are so many things. A church is this. It's, it's unified. It's obvious. It's, it's together. One of the beautiful things about this church is how we come together from different walks of life and we meet in this place as people who normally would not meet, right? Isn't that amazing? Like, I would never know most of you. We wouldn't hang out maybe in the secular world. But here in church, I've got brothers and sisters and, and, and people. It's like the, the importance of what is happening here. The gates of hell, if you want to charge hell by yourself, it's not going to go well. In love, I say this. We do it together as a church, and we will see great victory. You, you, even for your family, and, and it's sad. It's sad nowadays how, how families are, 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 are so many parents with their kids. They say that if, you're, if your kids, if church is not a priority for, the, for your kids, their kids will never go to church. And we see in the book of Judges what happens to a generation when they start to get away from God. All it takes is one generation of taking it lightly. And then the next generation comes around and there's no interest. And when you look at what God has called us to do, Isaiah, I love this. This is a prophecy about the church. Isaiah 2.2, 2, this is talking about what we and you are living now. It says, in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and the nations will stream to it. It's talking about the local church, the body of believers where two or three are gathered. And so it's important. The church is important because this is where Jesus dwells. His presence dwells in and through and among us. And, and, and churches can be all different shapes and sizes. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that Oasis has the corner on, on being a good church. There's amazing churches all throughout our city. Right now it's happening. When you recognize the importance of no. So Jesus saved me. He saved me to be a part of his church. 
And, and our individualist mindset nowadays wants to tell us or, or let us know that, nah, you don't need the church. You can, you can do your own thing. And, and, and as long as you, you know, pray on Sundays, you're good to go. Listen, it, it's almost like if, if, if Jesus is our oxygen, the church is our food. We are called to do this. And as much as it makes us uncomfortable at times, all the more reason that we're called to be together. And that's my second, my second point is this. One, uh, this revelation is this importance of the church because this is where Jesus dwells. Two, we are a family. And when I started to see this as I grew up, to, to, to see, wow, this church isn't just something to do on the weekend. E- even when, 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 God, when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, apart from me, you can do nothing. I believe so many Christians die in their faith from dehydration, right, from not being connected to the, to the vine. One of the main ways you stay connected to the vine is through your church family. It's through this family. And families are funny. It's a funny thing. God basically gave us a couple institutions. Right? He gave us a biological family as his plan for our upbringing and for our nurturing and you know, so that we can learn what we're supposed to do. It's, just, it's, it's, it's part of the plan of God. But he also gives us a spiritual family. And just like your biological family can have issues and problems and, and things happen and, and sin creeps in and some biological families have, have been destroyed, uh, same thing happens with spiritual families. Sometimes, you know, sin breaks in and stuff happens, but just like our earthly families can be restored, so can our spiritual families. And just this importance, guys, of, of, of being together, and I love this. Again, uh, just, just the other night I was at Family Formation, I got to meet some of you guys for the first time, and I was talking with Pastor Nick, and I, and I said, I would never meet some of these people in any other walk of life. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, there's a, there's a guy in, in Mexico, so I was in Mexico for 17 years, and when I left, one of my most emotional goodbyes was to this guy um, that I just met at church, right? He's this huge guy. We call him Brother Big Hands, okay? Because he seriously, he was like 6'5", just a monster of a guy, big, just one of those, worked outside his whole life, you know, uh, construction, and just a beast of a guy. His hand was massive, totally covered in calluses. And every Sunday, every Sunday morning, at the early service, we had several services. He was there, would shake hands. It's kind of like he would speak so low, I could almost never understand what he was saying, right? So I was always like this close to him, like, like what, what? And every Sunday, every Sunday, he would pull out a list of words that he would want to learn in English, every Sunday. And they were always like the easiest translatable words. They were always like the ones that end in like sion, that you just say in, with a different accent, like institution. And I'd be like, institution, right? Like every, every word was like that for years, years, right? But it was like every Sunday he would come and he, would, he was there, hey, he'd hit me on the shoulder. And it was like, ah, oh, almost knocked me over. And we would talk. And it was, we, were, we had already said our goodbyes at church. They prayed us out, but it was on a Wednesday. And he only went to the first service on Sunday. That was it. And so Sunday morning, we're getting ready to leave. And I was like, oh, I, have to go, I have to go say bye to Brother Big Hands. Like, I can't leave. Like, like, I didn't have my closure moment, right? So I went, I drove to church. It was weird because we'd already said our goodbyes. And then I popped in, like, in the middle of the service, like, from the side door. And, and I saw him. And I went up. I was like, hey, man, I just want to say, I'm not going to, I'm leaving. And we hugged. And it was, like, emotional. And it hit me, it's like, I would never in a million years know Brother Big Hands if it weren't for the church. And I still get texts. I got a text the other day that Brother Big Hands says hi, because we all call him that. And he wanted to know how you're doing. And he says hi. And it's like, how beautiful is that? 
And that happens here. And instead of saying like, oh, wow, this person's so much different than me, it's like, no, how amazing it that we're brothers and sisters. Like we're truly family. And, and when one of us is hurting, uh, then, then we can help each other out and we come together and we smile and we hug and we shake hands. And, and even in worship, uh, as we were worshiping together, I was like, this is so beautiful that all of us from different walks of life can come in here together, worship God together, be encouraged together, hug and high five and shake hands and encourage and say, man, you got this. I don't know what you're living. I, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I believe that in Jesus' name, you're gonna make it. And when, when Quen, I don't know if Quen's in Quen, it was so beautiful today. Thank you so much for being obedient. Thank you. It was just like, I was like, man, I, I wanted that moment to like freeze in time. That second song was like, we just do this for the next hour and a half. We don't have to have any breach. I mean, this, is, this was amazing. It was, but that, that's something we experienced together, right? Like it's a corporate call. We're called into this as family. And just like our, our earthly families, biological families, I should say, what gets us in trouble is when we make it about us. So like when, when all of a sudden like my needs aren't being met in a marriage or in, in my family, when I start talking about what I want and she's not seeing what I need and that's when trouble creeps in. The devil wants to use that to interrupt the, the, like the, the sanctity and the beauty of our secular, our biological family and it's the same thing in the church. So I've seen churches survive crazy stuff, right? Like, like sin stuff and people stealing money and adultery, horrible things. But churches don't survive disunity. And that's what the devil wants to do is he wants to go after our family. This is our family. This is, this is something that God gave us uh, so that it can be for our nurturing, right? And it's a, just a beautiful idea. And so that brings me to my third point. This is where I want to spend the majority of my time. And this is something that I did not realize growing up, Okay. And that's that this family is supposed to grow, change, and multiply. So honestly, when I was a kid, I would go to church. It was, you know, awesome. I would participate. I, it never hit me. It was like, it was like a, a light bulb moment, like the bomb goes off moment when I was older. And when I was a pastor, I was like, oh, we're supposed to, we want to see more people come. Right? And, it's, and listen, it's not like some weird ego vein thing. Or it's not like, oh, no, okay, I hope I never have to say hi to you because there's so many people. It's not that. It's, it's we, but we want people to experience what Jesus is doing in us. Right? I mean, it's like I love my favorite definition of evangelism is one starving man telling another starving man where he can find free bread. It's my favorite way to say it. It's like, that's what evangelism is. It's like, man, I, I my life was a mess. I was not okay zero peace. And now I met the one who died for me, took away my sin, shame. I'm free. I can lay my head down and sleep in peace because of what he did for me. It's evangelism, right? It's what we do. And so, so many times I think the root of our lack of, of kind of like the joyful sharing is a few things. One is maybe we don't realize how much he's done for us and the next thing is, we, we don't know how. So many people say that to me, and, and I get it. So when I moved here, um, we felt so called to come here to move up, and uh, Pastor JP was very honest. He's like, hey, listen, we want to hire you, but we're not going to be able to pay you, like, you know, a living, like, you know, city, five kids, wage, right? And so God opened the door uh, for me to get a, a, a second job, like a part-time job, driving a vending truck, right? So this has been 
it's been an experience, okay? I did not work in the secular world for 17 years. I was in Mexico, okay? So I get back, and now I'm driving a truck, and I'm gonna be honest, I'd always heard, and pastoring can be really tough at times, and pastors always joke, like, man, I wish I was just selling hot dogs. All I have to do is ask people if they want ketchup or mustard, right? And like, I've heard these jokes like forever because you're not dealing with issues. And, and so I got, I'm living that now. And I'm, let me tell you, it is, a, it's glorious, okay? Like, it's like the Coke cans go in the Coke slot and the Sprite cans go in the Sprite slot. And there's no, I'm making friends with everyone at all the stops. And what's up? How's it going? You know, just working for the man. I hear you, bro, right? Like, like, um, uh, and so, but in this, I've met, I've got a chance to meet more people, right? Because um, for so long, it was like only church, only people in church. And now being out there and meeting, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But also, I'm kind of going through again now, like how it feels to be sharing your faith, like from a secular standpoint, right? So I've always been able to do it from a stage, or at least like with the, oh, he's a pastor. And so people act like you get on an airplane, you know, that awkward, like, hey, what do you do? It's like, I'm a pastor. That's like, okay, instant barrier, right? Or, <laughs> or, or, or one pastor, I loved it. He said, all right, now you ask me, we got to get this over with, right? <laughs> like, do, do you know Jesus, right? And so, um, but now with, with like, I, I, one of these guys, and so my prayer for this month, this series, there's a kid I work with. And my heart breaks for this kid. I mean, he's breaking for me. And I'm trying, so like we're on the truck the other day and I put on a preaching, we listen to it, you know, and um, talk about it a little bit. I'm trying, in other words, I'm, I'm going through this again myself, right? Like I'm trying to like, man, how was, what was it like back in the day to like share our faith in the secular context? Like it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do, right? And so I'm trying to remember, like we put on messages, we talk and, and, and it's fascinating to see it from like, oh yeah, like this is, it's, I'm, so I'm not like throwing rocks. I know it's not an easy thing necessarily, but it's so fulfilling. It's so fulfilling. Like it's reminding me as we have these talks about God and, and he was asking me questions about some stuff in my past. And I was like, man, honestly, I, I would just tell him, honestly, man, is when I, I met Jesus, and I got to try to explain that to him, and then he tells me more of his drug stories, and it's like, all right, bro, next time, you know, next time. We'll, we'll circle back to this, right? Um, and, but but it, at the same time, like I, I was telling somebody the other day, I feel like God put me in this job for this kid. And so when we start to see, you know, life this way, and we, we start to see like, man, maybe God has me here where I am right now because I, I am his agent, and like he wants to reach these people. He, he's not gonna just pop out of heaven to talk to the people you work with. He's sending you. And my favorite passage of scripture that deals with what I call evangelism, my favorite passage is John 1. I never get tired of this. So I just wanna read this to you guys and we'll talk through it a little bit. So in John 1, 43, it says the next day Jesus, so who's on the scene, sorry, context, he's on the scene, things are blowing up, he's miracles, it's like this guy's here and everyone's kind of blown away by it. It says the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Right, this is abridged. So there was obviously more of an encounter, there was more of a backstory. Philip had heard of Jesus, probably seen him speak, probably already been like blown away by him and now this guy is calling him. So Philip is freaking out excited. Right, this is a major thing. Uh, the first thing that Philip does, uh, sorry, verse 44, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Verse 45, Philip found Nathanael. First thing he did, right? So Jesus, Jesus calls him, sees him, there's an encounter, and Philip's like, yes, 
I gotta go tell Nathaniel, his bro, his buddy. Like it was the first thing, I gotta find him. And so he goes, and this is such a cool encounter. He says, Philip found Nathaniel. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. This is a big deal for the Jews, okay? They felt like they've been waiting for the Messiah and waiting and waiting and waiting. We found him, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Verse 46 is my favorite. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Like, isn't this how we talk to each other as friends? Like, dude, this show, it's awesome. Whatever, that actor's terrible, right? Like, nah, I don't think so. Like, it's like there's obviously a level of comfort between these guys. So Philip and Nathaniel, seriously, man, this is God. This is like, he changed my life. And Philip's like, Nazareth, really? I don't think so, right? And it's funny how it's not a weird scene. It's not cringe. It's not like, hey, sit down. I need to lead you through the Romans road right now. I'm not going to let you get out of the truck. Like, imagine if I did that with this guy. You're not leaving till we go through the Romans road, right? This one says that all have sinned and fallen. And if that works for you, then do it, right? But he's just being natural. Like, hey, man, come on. We found Jesus. And so I think that we are evangelists more often than we think. So when you see a good show, what's the first thing you want to do? right? I mean, if some of us were as good of evangelists for Jesus as we are for shows that we watch on TV, this church would be filled, right? The world would be changed. Chicago would be a different city. Now, you guys remember the TV show Lost? Anybody watch Lost? I thought Lost was the greatest. It's, it is the greatest show ever made, in my opinion. I will argue with you. Um, from the pilot on, they broke every barrier, right? And I always say, man, if I could evangelize people for Jesus like I have for Lost, then it would be, or the other day, so I love pizza. How many of you guys, pizza, Chicago, deep dish? The other day, um, some of the, the, our church people here took me to a place on the north side called Zazas. Anyone been to Zazas? Zazas? Not enough people, only a few, right? So listen, Zazas is the thin crust New York style pizza, all right? But it's, it's big and floppy. And so I, again, I'm a hardcore deep dish. I'm team deep dish, but they took me and I felt like I was being... A trader, but it was so good, guys. It was so good. They did a hot honey pepperoni with dollops of, of ricotta cheese, right, all over it. And so you had the pepperoni grease, the sweet from the honey, but the spice as well. And I was just, it was, it was glorious. Zaza's, it's on Clark Street up north. Amazing, right? Um, that's evangelism. I just evangelized for Zaza's, right? I'll give you one. I'll give you, I'll give, I'll get one more. So I don't, I, my wife makes fun of me incessantly because she calls me a nerd because I like to read, right? Like a lot. I really like to read. In fact, this kid, aforementioned kid on the truck was like, I was like, hey, dad, you ever read books, man? He's like, that sounds lame. That's literally what he said to me. And then he was like, I'm sorry, do you read? And I was like, yeah, man, it's my, probably my, it's like, it's probably my biggest hobby, right? And so I set a goal in 2008 to read a book a week for a year. And I never made it. Like, I'd get to like 42, 45. In 2020, I read 54 books. So I finally did like my life goal, right? And then now it's average is back to like in the 30s, 40s. But I read a book last year. I have a picture of it. Can you guys put the picture on the screen? I read a book last year called Everything Sad is Untrue, right? There it is. So I don't care if you guys read or not. This is the best book I've read probably in five to seven years. The best book. Everything Sad is Untrue. It bloom. It's, it's a Christian book. Um, it's about a guy who immigrated from the Middle East and as a, as a child and everything he went through. But there's a twist on it. 
I literally laughed out loud and I was like, I would tear up. In fact, when I got to the very end of the book, it was the last page, there's like three pages left. I was in the bedroom reading. My wife was reading too. I was in like a chair where she could see my face. I started to like turn away because I couldn't stop. Like tears were coming to my face and I was, I was like, this is the lame, I'm just reading a book. I'm sitting here reading a book and I was terrified. She was going to look up and be like, are you crying right now? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, and so I, I was like turning, like, like I had to take a break. I was deep breathing. It's such, it rocked me, this book. Everything sad is untrue, right? Read it. Okay, that was evangelism again. That is what it is, guys. It's, event, it's sharing something that you love, that worked for you, that, that you saw. And again, you guys do this all the time. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do, right? Like you, you see a, a show or you see a play from the game and you gotta call someone, did you see what he did? You see the catch, right? And all this other things that we're, and so for whatever reason, the devil wants to creep in and make it weird to do that about your faith. To talk about like tithing, I love pushing the envelope with tithing right at church because it's like, man, I'm not exaggerating. I have seen God bless me and my family because we give money to him, right? I've seen it happen. I've seen God do miracles in people's lives. I've seen God restore. I've seen, like, even our family. So my wife and I have a, have a our slogan for our family that is, it's beautiful chaos, okay? So we have five kids, and it is chaos from 14 to 8. So you can either look at it as this is insanity, right? And we're all going to the nut house, or you can say this is beautiful and it's from God. So we've decided to say it's beautiful and it's from God, right? This is awesome. We're, we're rolling with this and it's beautiful chaos. But our family is a product of restoration, okay? And so we're seeing restoration on a daily basis from kids. Uh, my wife uh, had three kids. I had two kids when we met and got married, right? And so we see, we are seeing restoration happened before our very eyes. So we're seeing how, how the devil wanted to creep in and break something up in a family, and now how God is making it into something beautiful, and he's literally healing people's hearts. And it's the same thing he's doing in our church family. So people come here, and, and, and yeah, the devil's gotten in. He's tried to destroy you. He's tried to destroy you. Maybe you've had bad experiences in church. Maybe you've lived things that you should have never lived. We believe we're going to see restoration before our very eyes in this place, in your life. We will, before our very eyes, we will see you turn into the woman or man of God that you were born to be. That's what happens in this place. He moves. And there's supernatural stuff that happens we can't even, like, explain. Stuff just happens. Like, when we're worshiping, uh, he just holds us be, like, healing your heart. He'll bring something to your mind that you're supposed to do, somebody you're supposed to talk to, something for the future, like, crazy stuff happens in this place. And so we go back to the story, and he says, Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? And I love 146. He just says, come and see. Said Philip, come and see. Come and see. That is our invitation to the world. If you're like me, it's way too easy to get into like arguments or fights. Me and Pastor Nick joke, we fight all the time. I used to argue about stuff, right? And, um, it's in love, obviously, right? We actually talked about starting a podcast called Unity and Disunity, right? So we just argue on a podcast. But the easy thing in the world, when you're like, hey, come to church. Come. Man, Jesus is changing my life. So then your friend says, whatever. It's ridiculous. You're buying into that. And so instead of being like, whatever, you're ridiculous, right? Look at your hair, right? And it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> if we could just learn, if we could just learn to say, hey, come and see. 
I'll take you out to lunch afterwards, right? I will buy you lunch. Just come see. Just come to a service. Like, you don't, don't have to win an argument. I feel like so many times, like Thanksgiving is coming up, right? So instead of, like, getting all prepared with your theological ninja skills to dismantle everyone at the table, it's just, it's just like, come and see. Just come and see. Just come and see, pray, and, and let's just believe that God's going to do something in your life. You, here's the thing. Jesus is our trump card, right? Because like if they get in this room, it's not on you. It's not on me. Like They get in this room, Jesus, the same way he's rocked all of us, will we'll take care of it. Like Let Jesus impact their soul. That's what happened here in the story. So he says, come and see. Just come check it out. Then it says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Call them out. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. That's all it took. Because then Nathanael said, he went from like, whatever, Nazareth. Then he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are king of Israel. And Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. What a word for our church. You will see greater things than that. And I love to think like he did right? Like I was thinking about the other day, he did see greater things than that. Like he was impressed because Jesus called him out on something, but then he saw Jesus walk on water and, and, and multiply food for the 5,000. He saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. He saw crazy things. And he saw it because his friend was willing to go find him and say, hey, come to church, man, or come to Jesus in this instance. Just come and see. Don't you think like there was a day when they're sitting around a campfire one night, like on the disciples' trail, when, when Nathaniel's like, hey man, thank you. Like there had to have been, right? Like a moment where he's like, man, I am only here because you invited me. Thank you for that. Like how many people in our lives need to be in this room? And so when we, when we were believing for this series, when we were talking about it, praying about it, the one big idea that we've been praying about is so many people, because of the pandemic and all, you know, life, whatever, like so many people have kind of left church, right? Like it's just been, there's been kind of an exodus, you know, and it's affected life. I mean, it's gonna be fascinating to, to read sociology books on the pandemic and its effects in the future. But so many people have, have left or whatever, and we're believing that people will come home in this, in, this, in this time, right? We want to believe people will come home. And so that could be people that have left, people that were here, then they got busy, they fell out of church as a routine. So that's what one of the attacks of COVID was that people started to, to fall out of routine. Um, and, and, and in a way, it obviously revealed a, a bad side of our routines, but they kind of like felt like, oh, I'm doing life without church and maybe I don't need to go back. This could have been a subconscious thing. But we want to believe, actually we've seen this happening. We want to believe that people are going to come home. Maybe you know people that used to be here, they're not here anymore. And all it would take is a phone call, right? All it would take is a, hey, guy, hey, I haven't seen you. Why don't you come back? God is doing something in our church. It's been, it's been great, right? We, we are believing for people to come home, maybe for the first time. Maybe it'll be their first time coming into this place and instantly it'll feel like home. Right? There, there was a, and I'm not just trying to, I'm not harping on, on my family, but this is another cool story that I just want to share. We, my son plays soccer and they got smashed on Saturday, right? Bad. And their one kid is, is my son's friend. He's been to the house um, and he's like the kid who's just like all over the field, and, but he's got an attitude, right? Um, awesome kid though. Love him. And so 
the game ended. He's mad. He's under a tree. He's totally upset. No one from his family came. I felt really bad for him. And we're leaving, and, and um, I just saw him sitting there, right? And he was like, I walked to him. I was like, hey, man, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, he was kind of crying. And I was like, are you sure you're all right, man? You need a ride or something? And he was like, no. And I was like, hey, do you want to come to our house and play Xbox with Kevin for a while? And he was like, right now? And I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah. And so he called his mom because, I mean, I felt really, no one came for him, right? He's like, he called his mom and said, can you just pick me up at Kevin's? And he came to our house and hung out for a while and played Xbox. And I was like, and it hit me. I was like, that should be our church. That's it. How many kids are just laying around? People are upset, sad, having a rough go of it, guys. Really having a rough go of it. And like, how many people in that second song when, when, when Quen was obedient to the Holy Spirit, how many of us were touched? How many more could have been touched or will be touched, I should say? As people are obedient, as everyone in this church is obedient to the call of God, how many more people will God set free in this place? We'll see his spirit move in this place. And so I don't want anyone to feel like like a, a weird pressure. I'm not saying that. I, I think that we need to go forward. A, 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 Tim, could you help with the piano? He's coming up. He's awesome. Um, I think we need to go forward with this idea of like, okay, I'm going to look for opportunities and I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, I'm available, use me. It, it's dangerous to pray this, okay? It's dangerous. The one time I was like, man, I need to start praying that prayer and I was in an airport and I was like, I'm going to do it. Holy Spirit, I'm available, use me. And then I spent like 20 minutes trying to help a, a lady who didn't speak English get to her gate, you know? And I was like, man, I had to pray it now, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I had to book it to my, and it was just like, it was funny. It's funny, but it's true, right? Like you pray it. I heard, I heard a pastor say the other day that he's, this guy's been praying this prayer and for three years straight, he's not missed a single day of being able to share the gospel somehow with someone every single day. But it's like, are we willing to pray the prayer, right? Or just say, God, man, open my eyes to people in my life where all it would take is just stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit. And let me tell you, it gets easier and easier. And then when you start to have that feel, I, I say this, I totally believe it's true. There's no better feeling than knowing you are being used by God. There's nothing feels better. When you see like, oh man, I invited that dude to church. Now look, right? Or, oh man, I told that guy about Jesus. Now look. And thankfully, we have an amazing church family to invite people to. Like, it's not like a weird family, you know? It's like, oh, like, I don't want to, right? Like, we have an amazing church to invite people to. So it's, it's an easy ask, right? It's an easy, like, hey, come, come and see. It sounds weird to you. You've been burned in the past, maybe. Yeah, maybe you just think it's all a bunch of whatever hoopla. You don't think it's real. Can you come to my church and see? Just come check it out, man, Right? Just sit and worship one time and then tell me, and then tell me it's not real, right? Come, come and check it out. And then it's on Jesus. And Jesus, let him just, let him divine their soul like he did in Nathaniel. Let him show up and reveal to them that he is the living God. Let him, let them start to feel like that thing in their chest they can't even explain or those, those tears that start to come like, why am I crying? Or like, what is happening to me right now? because Jesus is ministering. The Holy Spirit is getting a hold of you. He's getting a hold of people that come in this place. 
We have the greatest message. So let me just explain this month real quick. This month, we're going to continue the series. Saturday night, uh, we have a church on Saturday, obviously. Then uh, the next Sunday is the 15th. We're going to be kicking off our week of prayer and fasting. And we want to angle that towards praying for the lost, praying for people to come home. Right? And then we're going to finish this month on the 20th. So all week, er, er, sorry, all month, we're going to talk through this. But on October 29th, we are planning kind of a special Sunday. We're going to have a, a big event with the kids. And if you're looking for a Sunday to invite someone, any Sunday is good, anytime. Wednesday night prayer, invite them. But if there's like, if somebody's being weird or picky and you really want to like focus, on October 29th, uh, Pastor JP is going to give a very solid, basic gospel presentation. We're going to believe that we will see this place filled and we're going to believe for a harvest this month. We're going to believe that God, will, like he said in Acts, will add to our numbers, that he will bring people that need to hear be saved, set free, restored, right? So if you, now, it's on, now it's like, hey, just be obedient. Why don't you guys stand up? I wanna, I wanna pray a few things before we leave. Um, there's one thing in particular I wanna pray. Well, first of all, I, I do feel led to do this too. If you guys could just close your eyes. I wanna pray for any of you who feel like you're here and you may not know Jesus the way that you know you should, right? You may feel lost. You may feel like you've, fallen behind that you that you've it's been a while so right now in, the, in this place just with your your eyes closed I just want to pray for you I want to pray I know that, that that our spiritual enemy has tried so hard over the last several years to get people's attention off of the king off of Jesus off of off of this church family so with all your 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 heads bowed, if you're here and you would say like I, I just need I need it again I need to maybe it's the first time maybe it's uh, Father forgive me I need to come back. If it's either one of those, could you just slip your hand up? I would love to pray for you right where you're at. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Church, if if you you feel solid right now in your faith, I would ask you just be praying with me. There's a lot of hands up. Let's just pray for for these people just to feel like they're coming home. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just, we come to you this morning. And I just, if your hands up, just in your own words, just say, Father, forgive me. I am here before you. I offer you my life. I want more, Lord. I want more of you. Father, I pray that you'll seal this word in hearts. I pray that people will, I, we just rebuke this idea of shame, of sin, or, or embarrassment in Jesus' name. We just, we declare, Lord, that we are, we are your sons and daughters. We are fully forgiven, fully set free in Jesus' name. And hear that word this morning. You are fully forgiven. You're fully set free. Forget the past. Do not dwell on the past. He's doing a new thing in you right now. In Jesus' name, we declare it. We believe it. And also, I just want to pray right now for those who are not here that need to be, that, that, and maybe, maybe God will lay someone on your heart. Father, I pray right now you will supernaturally just bring someone to a mind. Bring someone to mind, Lord, right now. In our hearts, in our mind, help us think, God, show us someone. And Lord, make us brave, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. God, I pray that you will fill this place God, I pray that people will come here to have an encounter with you, that corporately we will have encounters with you, that we will see you like never before. We will feel that people will be set free, that bondage will be broken in Jesus' name, that, that these lies that we've believed will be broken. I pray that your truth will permeate this place. Everyone, Lord, everyone here, I pray that you'll just, as we're worshiping, just supernaturally break off bondage, just supernaturally reveal your truth in Jesus' name, Lord. 
God, I just pray for a peace, Lord. And anyone, uh, as we're talking about church, anyone, if you're here this morning, I just feel really glad to do this. If you're here and you've been offended by church, or when I talk about how awesome our church is, and you, if your immediate response is like, ah, whatever, you know, or you think that something, whatever offense, the Bible's very, very clear about offense, right? It, a root of bitterness is a dangerous thing, and, and, it, and it can corrupt many, the Bible says, right? And it can corrupt many around you, uh, in your household, it can, it, wherever, you, wherever you have influence, this root of bitterness is dangerous. And it's hard to talk about offense, because we want to be 100% sensitive, and I know that some of you guys have very legitimate offenses, perhaps, right, about, against uh, church. But here, I hear this, please. Do not confuse Jesus and the church. Do not confuse the two. Jesus is the perfect Son of God, Most High. He is our Savior. He came here to earth. He died for you so that you can be free. The church is filled with a bunch of imperfect people who can do really stupid stuff at times, okay? So don't confuse Jesus in the church. Jesus is holy and perfect and awesome. He's for you 100%. And if somebody somewhere in a setting called church hurt you, said something, did something, and, 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 and you have allowed this root of bitterness to grow or this offense to grow, it's hurting you. It's only hurting you. I feel like we need to come against this this morning. And so I would ask, I would ask you guys to be praying. If you, if you uh, the, the believers, please be praying right now that people can be set free in this room. And, and I would ask you to be bold. If you feel like you've had this root of bitterness, if there's some kind of angst against the church, could you, could you slip your hand up? I wanna pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, we come against the lie. God, I pray for just a supernatural ability to forgive, Lord, just to for, be able to forgive. It was not Jesus who did, who did whatever happened to you. It was not him. And, and any of this, this bitterness that's being drug along, it's only, it's poison. Father, in Jesus' name, just pour grace out. In Jesus' name, Lord. God, I pray that, that people will be set free right now. In Jesus' name, that we can recognize, hey, you know, it's not perfect, but it's all, it's what we got. This is logistics to save the world to this local church. And I pray in Jesus' name that you will just today bring healing, that you will today bring freedom in Jesus' name, Lord, in Jesus' name, right now. The right now you will give fresh eyes to see your bride, fresh eyes to see your body. And God, I pray for just this, this forgiveness and peace to roll over them right now, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just pray for this month, for this series. I pray that you will work greatly in our church. Work greatly in us, among us, Father. I pray for people who've never had a chance to publicly share their faith, that this month will be the month that they get to do that. That this week, you'll start to show us, make us a little uncomfortable, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Show us how, when, and, and, and key moments. God, I pray you'll protect our church. Protect us from attack. Protect our church from, from disunity. Protect our church from anything that, that demonic forces would, would try to do in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you'll continue to edify this place and build it up and, and raise up people and leaders. And Father, that we will know that you are in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to minister, I pray.